Welcome to Sisterhood, having conversations that matter with me, Laurieann Sheldrick, an incredible woman who support, encourage, and empower other women. While you are here, you will be supported. You will empower yourself so that you can be supportive to others and begin to fully embrace that we cannot be empowered women if we do not support those who are being disempowered. That is the magic that lies within sisterhood, and it only works if we do it together. The purpose of sisterhood is to create deep and meaningful connections with other women, have conversations that matter, because women need other women, and together we are going to be, do, and have all that we desire. It starts right here, right now, with me, my special guests, and with you. Let's begin. Welcome to the magic of sisterhood. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Sisterhood Podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for being a part of the Sisterhood community. Thank you for listening to these episodes. Today is a solo. I am ready to do this massive solo today. Um, and when I say massive, I, I don't know how long this is going to be, but I have two bottles of water with me just in case. I want to have a big conversation with all of you. I love doing these solos. I've actually had a note on my computer to do this solo and it's been there for about two weeks now and today on this very snowy day I just plugged in my microphone and I'm like let's do this let's have this conversation let's do a solo let's get this out there because I've been hearing so much about this and getting so many questions and I'm deep into the work myself right now and I love to share from my own experiences so here we are. I'm doing a solo today on a topic that comes up in most of the work that I do, in most of the conversations that I've had here in Sisterhood, and that's the shadow or shadow work. I've been hearing a lot about shadow work lately online, which makes sense. You know, we've been through quite the roller coaster of emotions the past couple of years since the beginning of the global pandemic and all that has happened in the past two years, which has been a lot. And it's brought up a lot of our shadow aspects and it's brought up a lot of triggers and it's like just kind of brought everything to the surface. And I'm in the middle of doing this work right now. I've been doing it consistently for a couple of years now, but I'm right in the middle of learning a new system with regards to shadow work, which I'll talk about as well. So I'm just going to talk about what my experience has been doing shadow work um, and what I've learned up to now. And trust me, I'm still learning. This is a massive topic. So um, even though... I'm going to go really deep in this podcast. Please know that everything that I share here today is not all of it. There is so much. And I think when it comes to shadow work, we're, we're lifelong students because there's all of these things that consistently come up in our lives. I truly don't believe everything can come up to the surface at once. I don't think we would survive it. So once you sort of, you know, become mindful of one shadow aspect, another part comes up. So what I've learned about doing this work myself is that there's no rush to get to the finish line 
because as human beings, we have these shadow parts of ourselves that are there. They come along with us and they come with us throughout our lives and they might change and sometimes they show up in different ways and sometimes they get triggered and and sometimes a new one comes up and we're like, oh, okay, I have another one. You know, the work for me has not been about getting rid of the shadow I don't even know if that is possible. Again, like I don't have all the answers. I'm just sharing what my experience has been and what I've learned up to date and what has worked. And um, I don't know if it's possible to ever get rid of your shadow completely. I don't think so. But if you can prove me wrong, I would absolutely be open to that. For me, it has been about integrating it into my life, making it conscious so that I can decide If the state that I'm in emotionally, if the place that I'm at is where I want to be making my decisions from, is how I want to be reacting, acting, behaving, or responding from. So I started um, learning about this work through Swiss psychiatrist Carl Jung. And he, I don't know when he started doing this work, but um, he was alive from, I believe, 1875 to 1961, and most of his career was spent um, teaching and learning and studying all about the shadow aspects of us that are in each and every one of us. And one of the things that he said was that the shadow is the unknown dark side of someone's personality. And when we don't make the unconscious conscious, it will become our fate. When we don't make the unconscious conscious, it will become our fate. And as you listen to this and start to explore your shadow self yourself, and how it has come along with you throughout your life, you will understand completely what that means and you will just like fully take that in and be like, yep, absolutely. So for example, you can have a fear of failure that has come with you throughout most of your life and it's made most of your decisions for you, whether to not do something or like just like run for the hills, right? I don't want to fail, so I'm just not going to do it. That could be your shadow. Fear of failure is one of my shadows, so it's one that I'm going to use as an example throughout this conversation. If that fear of failure isn't conscious, which simply just means you're not aware that it's making your decisions for you, you haven't accepted that it's the fear of failure that's keeping you from doing what you're doing, it can become your faded reality. You start to think, see, I I never, I just never get what I want, Right? Where in actual reality, you have unconsciously been making decisions from this shadow aspect of fear of failure and all the external excuses are the reasons why you don't have what you want. But what's really been happening is unconsciously, you've been choosing not to do things because you have this fear of failure. And, you know, you might be thinking, well, I know it's conscious, right? Like I know it's conscious. I'm not doing the things that I want to do. But what I've learned is sometimes you don't actually know that it's conscious because your mind is telling you a different story. It doesn't show up as a fear of failure. It shows up as thoughts and beliefs that not doing that thing that you want to do or being who you want to be is actually the thing that's keeping you safe. 
It doesn't sound rational, but it is what it is. It's how your mind works. It creates these stories with thoughts and beliefs and excuses externally, right? Like that I call it sometimes the blame game too. It's all intertwined in here because it's better to pretend that all of these things are keeping you safe then look in the mirror, because this was the hard part for me, look in the mirror and be like, oh my God, I've been doing this because I have a fear of failure. I don't have the life that I want because I have a fear of failure. Like it's been my choices. That's really, really hard. But I'm hoping that throughout this conversation, you're going to realize that you haven't done anything wrong. You just have been unconscious about it. So if your shadow is a fear of failure, By making it conscious, you are claiming it so that you can make a choice as to whether or not it will dictate your life, become your fate. And we're going to go into that deeper as we move through this conversation today. What I wanted to do in this conversation is to simply just start to become aware, become mindful of our shadow aspects. And this is a big topic, and I go deep into this in most of my digital workshops. In most of my digital workshops, so we can go into hours of teaching in this episode, um, which I don't think you want to listen to a six-hour podcast. So let's just start at the beginning, which is really where we need to start anyway, and that's making the unconscious conscious. And that's really all mindfulness is, is just making that unconscious conscious, making yourself aware of why you believe what you believe, what your thoughts are thinking, how they're dictating your life, what decisions you're making, how your reactions and responses are affecting you and those around you. Just really making all that unconscious conscious. That's what mindfulness is. So the mindfulness, that first step is becoming mindful where you can consciously say, I have this shadow I have a fear of failure and it has been making my choices for me. And hopefully by the end of this share, you will have some greater insight on anything that you might be keeping you in a space you don't want to be in or an emotional state that feels heavy or tense or even an experience you don't want to be in. But what I found in my own experience really what it does is it allows us to make decisions that support us. Decisions that support our dreams, our goals, our wants and our needs. Decisions that support our mental health, our emotional health, our physical health, even our attitudinal health. And, you know, this has been my experience, even our spiritual well-being. So that's what being mindful of your shadow self can really do along with healing these other aspects of you what it really does is it helps you to make decisions that support you and in turn support those around you as well so I have this really beautiful workshop it's called unleash your limiting beliefs and I start by describing my shadow and I give examples on how she typically operates, what she says, how she holds me back when I'm not paying attention to her, how she speaks to me. I even describe like how I behave and respond when I'm in this whatever shadow aspect is showing up at that moment. I'm very aware that she's not separate from me. She is me. I'm aware of that. 
But what I have found is that this practice has really helped me to become more mindful so that I'm making more supportive decisions for myself. So if I can separate her a little bit and show her as this other aspect of me, which I mean that is another aspect of me, another identity, then I'm able to be very aware of when it's her in the driver's seat and not me, my highest self. Because we make decisions based on how we feel, how we want to feel, or how we think something will make us feel. So the way I do this when my shadow is up front and present and I'm not feeling worthy or I'm not feeling confident or I'm afraid, afraid of that failure or afraid of whatever it is that I'm afraid of in that moment, I can take pause and ask myself, what would I do or decide or react or respond or behave if I felt the way I wanted to feel? So if I didn't feel afraid of failing and I felt confident, what would I do? And I do that. If I didn't feel unworthy and I actually felt worthy, what would I do? What would she do? What would that like, Lord, that worthy, confident Lorianne do? And that's what I do. And that is such a beautiful way, even though it's not easy, it is a practice, but it's something that we can take with us throughout our lives it's a it's just one practice it just happens to be one that has been super helpful for me but it's a really beautiful way to acknowledge that we have a shadow and also pay attention to the other side of it the contrast well with unworthiness comes worthiness I don't want to make my decisions from unworthiness. So if I felt worthy, what would I do? And it just gives your mind another solution, another option, so that it's not constantly following that shadow. So in 1999, I hit a rock bottom and I talk about this story often. And I didn't know it then, but I was living my life entirely from my shadow self. My, my life existed all just from my fears and deeply rooted limiting beliefs. And what I remember about that rock bottom moment is um, not being able to imagine living another day the same way, feeling the same way. And I I can actually remember that day like it was yesterday. I have like imprinted it into my memory bank because it's become a touchstone point for me that I can use as a reminder. This is why I do this work. This is why I take care of my mental and emotional health. This is why I do it. This is why I have to ask for support when I need support. This is why. This is why I say I'm not okay when I'm not okay. This is why it's my touchstone. And I can see every moment. I remember the smells. I remember the feeling of the floor that I was crying on. I remember my thoughts. Like every feeling that I felt in that moment is so vivid in my mind. And I keep it there. I keep it there because it's a beautiful reminder for me of how much all of this work, not just the shadow work, but all of the work to take care of our mental, emotional, and physical health is so necessary and so essential and can truly transform our lives if we allow it to. And I remember that moment, I didn't want to get up. It took 
every ounce of energy that I had to like push myself up off the floor and go to the sink and wash my face and like get all those tear stains just like off my face. And when I looked in the mirror, I knew right in that moment, it was like the first moment that I had that moment and that's what happens in a rock bottom moment. That's what's that's that's the only gift in those rock bottom moments is the realization I have to make better choices. I've got to do something different. Something has to change. Like this just can't be it. That is one of the gifts from a rock bottom moment is you can't go any further. So you have to start looking up and you're like there's got to be something else. So it just something else to focus on. And for me in that moment, it was I have to make better choices. I think it was probably the first time I even just slightly admitted that I was responsible for the shitty life that I had and the shitty way that I was feeling. And um, it was also the the first moment where I was like, I'm responsible for what's currently happening which means I'm probably also responsible for making it better not that I did it alone because trust me I am not that good um I did not do any of this alone when I first started this work in probably 2000 I had coaches and I had therapists I had like a full support team don't think like if you are at a rock bottom moment you do not have to go it alone. In fact, like I highly encourage you not to, even if it's just reaching out to someone that you trust so deeply where you can say, hey, I'm not okay right now. Okay, like please know that I have gotten to this point now where I can share this experience with you because I got the support that I needed. Otherwise, I don't know if the next time I was on that floor, if I would have had the energy to get up, if I hadn't reached out and said, I'm not okay. What I do know is in that moment, what helped me to reach out to someone and say, I'm not okay, is that I stopped resisting and I simply just surrendered. And it was like, I'm fucking up. You know, that that was it. Like, I didn't understand shadows then or limiting beliefs. I just stopped blaming the external world. I stopped pretending. I stopped making excuses. I stopped resisting the emotions and pain that needed to come up and out. And I was like, I'm fucking up. I need help. Or one day, I'm not going to get up off this floor. Okay. So, back to being mindful of your shadow self. This is what this work does. It brings up so much. So back to Carl Jung, who taught that what you resist persists. The more you resist something, the bigger it grows because you're not dealing with the issues or problems or decisions or reactions that you keep doing based on your emotional state. That was me. So to break the cycle, so it stopped amplifying, I stopped resisting that I was a fuck up. I just admitted it. Without using these terms at the time, I admitted I have a dark side. 
And that dark side is currently in the driver's seat of my life where I should be, where my light should be, the authentic part of me that can experience joy and pleasure and happiness and mental and emotional well-being. That was, that's such an important aspect of this is I got to break this cycle. But the only way to break the cycle is to admit that you are in a cycle, to be mindful that you are in a cycle and stop resisting it and just look in the mirror and you're like, I'm fucking up, you know, or whatever it is, right? Whatever it is that you're dealing with, because we all have shadow aspects and we all have light and we all have the ability to be our highest selves. We all have the ability to use our gifts and strengths and supporting beliefs as our guides. Like you have gifts, you have strengths, you have beliefs that can support you. Sometimes they just fall into the shadows of your weaknesses or your limiting beliefs or your fears. But we all have strengths and we all have weaknesses. There's always a contrast. It's the yin to our yang. It's the sadness to our joy, the impatience to our patience, the negative thoughts and negative beliefs to our positive thoughts and supporting beliefs. It's the darkness to our light. It's the fears that challenge our faith. Like it's, we have a contrast. We always have a contrast, no matter what it is. On the weak side, there will be a strength side. On the strength side, there will be a weak side. On the positive side, there will be a negative side. To the up, to the down, right? So, yeah, I think that's just so important to note here. So there's there's this wonderful system called Gene Keys that was created by a man. His name is Richard Rudd. And I won't go into what Gene Keys is because I'm going to butcher it and I'm just starting to explore it. And I highly recommend checking it out, by the way. You can get a free profile online. It's where I began and then I just went down the rabbit hole. And it actually highlights your shadow aspects. It makes you start to think and contemplate like, oh, is this one of mine? Yeah, it actually is. And it might not be. Maybe it doesn't resonate with you, but you can go through all of them and see out of the 64 shadows, there's 64 gifts and 64 shadows, um, which ones are actually yours. It's just a really wonderful resource if you're having a hard time putting words to what your shadow aspect is. So I highly recommend Gene Keys. I'll link it in the resources section in the show notes for you. But anyway, Richard Rudd teaches that we have shadow aspects and we have a gift and they contrast and support each other. So I've been asked many times, would you really know joy, the pure feeling of joy, if you had never experienced sadness? And when I'm in the deep sadness, the answer is like, whatever, don't ask me that stupid question. But when I'm in the joy... I can most definitely say probably not. So the gift is in the pain, right? Because the gift in pain is knowing what joy feels like when we are not in sadness, right? So it's the gift there. So that's really what that contrast is. Often the gift is found in the shadow, So let's bring it back to the shadow of the fear of failure because I have this one. What could possibly be the gift in the fear of failure? (laughs) Um, There's so many, by the way. But again, you may not really feel the gift until you start to do the work, 
Like, honestly, like, don't feel like right now you need to, like, emotionally be connected to what the gift is. I just want you to know that there is a gift because I didn't feel like there was a gift when I first started doing the work. I was like, there's no way there's a gift in this, but I'm going to share a few with you. The gifts that are, that can come from a fear of failure by working through your fear of failure. One could be resilience. Resilience is definitely a gift, something that like so many of us really need to just remember that we have so much resilience in us. It could be doing things even though you are scared and that strengthens your faith muscles and it strengthens your confidence and gives you the hope you need to keep going when things get tough, right? So resilience could be a gift that comes from working through the shadow of fear of failure, Another gift could be that you need to learn how to be more confident with yourself and learn to trust your inner guidance system and follow your own path when you don't want to follow the status quo. That gift is in doing what feels correct for you, not what everyone else is doing, even though it brings up the fear of failure, right? I haven't seen anyone else doing it. What if I fail? Not every, not everyone else is doing this. So... It could just be that, like trusting your inner guidance system and strengthening your trust muscles, your inner guidance system trust muscles, which we often lose ourselves when we're doing what everyone else is doing, even though it doesn't feel correct for us. So that could definitely be a gift in working through that fear of failure shadow. It might also be that as you work through the fear of failure shadow, You get to be an inspiration for other people who have a fear of failure and you get to be the hope for them now. You also probably have the gift of hope, which came from hopelessness. And now you can see that, oh, there is actually hope, right? So there's always gifts there. Always, always gifts there. And again, you just may not see the gifts while you're right in the thick of it. I think it's really helpful to share what the shadow of failure can feel like. And I can't speak for anyone else, but for me, it feels very isolating. I think that's the right word. It feels very isolating when I'm allowing this fear to make my decisions for me because I start to really believe that I'm the only one experiencing this. And it makes me isolate myself because I don't want to let anyone else know that I have this fear of failure or that it's making my decisions for me because I actually believe I'm the only one experiencing it. So that could be one way it shows up. It might also show up for you um, where you might be looking at everyone else doing what you want to do or being who you want to be and you think that you're all alone, right? But the thing is... They might have a fear of failure and are working through it themselves and it just took them everything to do that thing that they're doing and everything to put themselves out there as their authentic self. So don't assume that you are all alone in this because I have learned that I'm not the only one. So talking about it, making it conscious, claiming it, if you will, so it doesn't claim me, actually helps me to work through it. So sometimes I will call a friend, you know, and I'll just say like, I want to do this, but I'm so afraid of failing. 
instantly just outing that to someone, someone that I trust releases some of the tension that I'm feeling because often the tension comes from thinking I must be the only one who experienced this, who is experiencing this or just feeling that tension of not feeling like I have support because I haven't actually outed it. It's hard to get support when you haven't actually said, by the way, here's how I'm feeling, right? Like the people in your life are not mind readers. And usually when I have that conversation, you know, my friend would probably say, I feel that way too. And then we'll talk it out and then I'll decide to do it anyway. And we'll end the conversation and they'll be like, I'm here to help you in any way that I can. Call me anytime. I no longer am feeling isolated. I might still be feeling the fear of failure, but I'm no longer feeling isolated. It's not gaining momentum. I'm not taking up permanent residence in it. I'm not ignoring it. I'm not resisting it. I have just made it conscious. I've put it out there. I've talked it out and I'm going to do that thing anyway. So the practice is feeling that fear but not reacting to it like what I said at the beginning questioning if the next decision or reaction or response is going to be supportive and if it's not just give yourself that time to take pause and think about what will and you may need external support that's okay right as I've already said I have taken some of my shadows into therapy with me into coaching with me because I wasn't able to do it on my own there is no shame in that. I have no judgment towards myself about needing help to get through some of the shadow aspects of me because they just feel so dark and just so difficult to get through. There's no shame there. So again, like this topic is so vast and there's so much to explore and contemplate, but really what it comes down to is by becoming aware of these aspects of ourselves, we can navigate our emotions without them crushing us, navigate our shadows without them like making everything in our life dark, without them making decisions for us that are not mentally, emotionally, or physically supportive or even supportive to others. But if we resist this, if we ignore being mindful, the problem with resisting it is that the more we fight to resist what are just natural parts of ourselves, the more it persists. And it persists by holding us so deeply in the dark corners of our mind that we are not experiencing the other side. We're not experiencing the contrast, the joy, the excitement, the manifestations, being our authentic selves, following our inner nudges, like, ooh, that's correct for me, I want to do that, or healing past wounds, or doing things that light us up, or changing and learning and growing and evolving. That's what happens if we just resist it and we're like, yeah, I'm not even, I'm not even going to bother. I'm not even going to bother. What we resist persists, and it will show up whether you make it conscious today or whether you make it conscious in 10 years, regardless, those triggers are going to continuously come up. So I want you to think about something. Think of the sun. On a really bright and sunny day, if you were to go for a walk, the sun would cast your shadow on the pavement. And that doesn't happen without there being a bright light. So you have shadows but you are also a bright light. Both are inside of you. Both are a part of you. You are not just the darkness. Your identity is so much more than you could ever imagine. You are everything. 
And it's because of that contrast. We're all of it. We experience everything on the emotional scale at some point in our life. I'm going to put an emotional scale practice in the show notes. It's a link to the blog. Um, I don't know if I have ever done a podcast on it. I will check, but I will put an emotional scale practice that is so incredibly powerful in the show notes for you. So I'll link it there in the resources section. So here is what happens when we simply become mindful and accept that we have these shadow aspects. I have a really good like recent example for you. So my shadow self, my the shadow aspect part of me was feeling impatient recently because something I have been wanting hasn't been coming and that impatience ignited my shadow of fear of failure. And that fear starts to tell a story in my mind. It will either tell the story of you need to hustle more, you know, you need to fight it out, or you need to give up and you need to run for the hills. I don't want neither of those things. Like, I don't want that. I don't want to hustle, 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 stress, stress, stress. And I don't want to give up on this thing because I really want it and I feel deeply connected to it. If I didn't, I would just be like, I'm going to let it go and I'm going to work on something else. But I really feel like this is the correct thing. It's just not happening in the timing that I like. So control, another shadow. I think we'll go through a few examples later. So instead of choosing those two options, which I did not like, I do not like, I have chosen to try on a different option, which is choosing to surrender, choosing to trust, and saying to myself so that I'm giving my mind another solution. All right, fear. I get it. You're there. But I'm going to do this thing. I'm not going to run from it. I'm not going to fight. There's not going to be any pushing or manipulating to have it happen in my way, in my time. I feel you. I know you think you're keeping me safe, but I'm doing this. So if you want, come along with me. Otherwise, I'm moving forward anyway. And I have that conversation with myself. I have that conversation with my shadow. This is giving your mind that spiraling mind, another option to consider. I'm also not resisting it. I'm not ignoring my fear. I'm just allowing it to naturally flow through me. It can be there with me, but I'm allowing it to flow through me, making it conscious so that I don't take up permanent residence in the fear of failure. I step fully into that shadow aspect and I shine light on it. I might not fail, right? I might not fail. That's really what I'm saying. I might not fail. I just give my mind that there is another potential outcome to consider. Let's think about that, right? So the first step to being at one with your shadow is that mindfulness, simply being aware that you have it without judgment, without embarrassment, without shame. Because like for me, fear of failure has been one of mine for as long as I can remember. So it's the thing that pops up for me in certain situations that trigger it. There's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing bad about it. There's nothing shameful about it. I'm a human being. I have fears. So simply just begin to pay attention to where your shadow aspects are. 
So yeah, let's go through a few examples, actually. This will be really helpful, I think. We'll go through a few examples. Obviously, these are probably going to be most of the ones that are mine. So you're getting a deep insight into what my shadow aspects are. One could be a fear of failure, right? We've been talking about that one throughout because this one has been up front and center for me lately. Um, and it could show up in multiple ways. It might show up never showing up as your authentic self, right? You're too afraid. And that like failure, you just feel like you're a failure if you're not being like everyone else, but your authentic self is so magnificent. It might be never saying yes to things that you actually want to do because fear of failure. And it might be not putting something out there, your gifts, because you're afraid it will fail, it will flop. And it, fear of failure is so vast. Again, it shows up in many ways. I just want to give you a few little um, little niggles, some examples to get you mindful of how yours is showing up and how it's acting and behaving. Another shadow aspect could be needing to control everything. This is actually my husband's. It's interesting because we just talked about this the other day. Um... When something doesn't go his way, he gets so angry. But I'm always trying to remind him that he can't control everything and everyone. So his practice is recognizing this. Okay, I have this need to control everything. I want everything to go my way in my own timing. So um, he claims it. That's his practice and not allowing that anger to take over. Right, So feeling it but not allowing the anger to take over where his reactions and behaviors and attitude and responses are not going to be supportive for himself or to those he's reacting and responding and behaving towards, right? So again, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just in that moment he gets to take pause and he's like, am I trying to control something I don't have control over? And do I want to spend the rest of my day angry? And he can do whatever he needs to do to allow that anger to come up and out in a safe space. And I'm going to give you an example of that later as well. Another shadow could be perfectionism. And it's perfectionism that affects your mental and emotional health. So in episode 38, Dr. Michelle uh, was talking about having a client who... I think her example was she couldn't go to bed until the pantry was organized... And her perfectionism was keeping her from getting a good night's sleep because it was stressing her out. So there's nothing wrong with wanting things to be well organized. But is it worth it if it's at the expense of your mental and emotional and even physical health, right? So it's really thinking about that. Is my perfectionism supporting me or is it stressing me out, right? Is it creating anxiety, is it affecting my mental health? Is it affecting my emotional health? Is it giving me a bad attitude? Whatever that might be, right? Like really ask yourself those questions. You're going to have to ask yourself a lot of questions because your shadow aspects of yourself have gotten so good at, you know, being in the driver's seat of your life that they're going to really defend themselves. So you just ask a lot of questions, a lot of self-questions, feel into it. Another shadow that I see a lot, and this has shown up in my own life, is feeling inadequate or unworthy. And that shows up by needing to prove your worth or receive validation before doing things or before feeling worthy. 
instead of just feeling worthy just because you're amazing or feeling worthy just because, right? Like you're worthy just because. You don't have to do anything to be worthy. You are worthy of everything that you want. And it might look like attaching external success or money to your worth or never feeling like you live up to other people's, you know, terms of success. I actually created a whole workshop on that called Creating Heart-Centered Goals so that we weren't falling into the trap of hustle, 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 stress, 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 burn out. Oh, look, now I have success, but I can't enjoy it, nor was it a race I even wanted to be in and really getting clear about what your terms of success are so that any sacrifice you make is a temporary sacrifice that you don't mind making because you are setting goals and working towards things that are truly connected with your heart, with what you want and with what you desire. So those are some shadow aspects that might be showing up in your own life. So whatever yours are, take note of them and know there's nothing to be ashamed of. This is a no self-judgment practice. Just begin to contemplate it and explore what those are and how they have affected your life. That's it. That's the only thing you have to do right now. Step one is right at the beginning. Start right at the beginning with the mindfulness. And as you begin to see these shadow triggers show up and learn how and when they appear, just start to question whether or not you are allowing it to make your decisions for you. And are they supportive? Are they helping you be your highest self? Because it can be there with you but you can still be making decisions from your light. You can still be making decisions from your highest self, even with your shadow there, even with it like creeping in the background, right? Like, ooh, what if I fail? Okay, but what if I don't, right? What if you're unworthy of that? Ooh, but what if I am worthy of it, right? So it's just another option. And, you know, I like to make this work um, feel a little bit lighter. These are like really heavy things sometimes that like prevent us from being, doing, and having what we actually want to be, do, and have. And that can be really heavy emotionally. But sometimes it's nice just to like lighten it a little bit by really being playful with your shadow. You know, when your shadow's like, ooh, that will really suck if you fail. You're going to feel all the emotional strife of that one. And you can be like, yeah, but imagine the joy that we'll feel if we don't fail, right? So you can also be a little bit playful with it as well. This work doesn't have to be heavy all the time and create tension and, you know, more like dis-ease in your body. We want the opposite. We want lightness and we want some of that tension to release. Remember, it can be there with you and you can be making your decisions from your highest self. You are darkness and you are light right? You are the shadow and you are the sunshine. Anyway, I'm not going to sing. Okay. I have a note here. This is really important because I have some notes as I talk to you, things that I don't want to miss. So hopefully I'm not going all over the place. I really am trying to follow like a really good rhythm. The shadow self first appears in your thoughts before it becomes an emotional response. This is really important to note here because this is a really wonderful time when we're being mindful, we can really see that our shadow self has appeared before we're in a full-on emotional response. 
So think about what you're resisting, what you're hiding, or what you're trying to push aside because you're just trying to think positive, right? Like you're trying to think positive. I'm just going to ignore it. I'm just going to push that down. I'm just going to set that aside for another day, but it's not working and you're actually feeling worse. Or maybe you were told you have to think positive because if you don't think positive, you're not going to manifest anything, (laughs) right? Think about that thing, like what we're resisting, what we're hiding. Yes, positivity is important. I'm kind of detouring here, but this is important. Positivity is very important. Definitely feels a lot better to practice having a positive attitude. Definitely, you know, um, feeling hopeful feels better than feeling hopeless. But, or and, both, That doesn't mean you should never experience a negative emotion or thought again. Literally impossible. You're a human being, right? Don't resist it because I promise you, as emotionally uncomfortable as it feels, and you think you're keeping yourself safe by just pushing it aside, it's going to come back, right? You may have resisted it. You may have pushed it aside. You may have moved it into another corner in your mind, but you've literally just become a pressure cooker. And eventually that pressure cooker just gets to be too much and that valve has to release. The pressure has to release. Your body can't hold on to it, right? So very, very important to note here because you may not be feeling the positive side of it right now and that is okay. So instead, what you're going to do when those thoughts come up is you're literally just going to have a chat with it. That's it. Hey, I can feel that you're feeling hopeless today. What's going on? How can I help? What do you need? And I know this sounds so weird, so wild, but it works. It works. So I was out on a forest walk the other day, which I do almost daily, and I was feeling really angry. Like when I get angry, that means I have been ignoring things because usually it starts with frustration. And if I ignore the frustration and I put it aside because I don't want to deal with it in that moment and I'm trying to like just like false positivity my way out of it, gratitude my way out of it, whatever, I push it down, I become that pressure cooker and it releases with anger because it needed to come up and out. My week just wasn't going the way I wanted wanted it to go. Frustration turned to anger because I wasn't dealing with it. I was resisting it. So two shadows brought on that anger. One, my fear of failure. What I wanted wasn't coming and I started to think maybe this project I've been working on was a big mistake and I'm just going to fall flat on my face. Second, the shadow of needing to control every single thing, including people and timing. So knowing what I know about the shadow and resistance and knowing that, ooh, I've been ignoring this for a while because now I'm angry, right? Because now my frustration and impatience has turned to anger. I talked to my anger. I literally acted as though my anger were another person. And I asked, why are you feeling so angry? And I said out loud, don't worry. We're safe out here in the forest. You can say whatever you want, even if tomorrow you don't mean it. (laughs) And I just let it all out. I didn't throw solutions at it. I didn't justify why I shouldn't be angry. I simply let it all up and I could feel the release of tension from my body. I could literally feel that tension 
ease with every single thing that I was angry about, just like saying it out loud, like I'm angry about this, I could feel the tension release in my body. There was nothing for me to do in that moment but give voice to what I was feeling, to normalize it. I'm allowed to be angry. I don't have to act out on my anger. I don't have to react in an angry way. I don't have to behave angry towards my loved ones. I don't even have to make decisions from my angry state and just throw in the towel. My only job in that moment was to find a safe space, a safe way to express my anger so it didn't amplify and become where I took up permanent residence in. So simply have those conversations when you're mindful of those thoughts spiraling around in your mind that give you that emotional reaction, have those conversations. When negative thoughts enter your mind, you know, maybe thoughts of like, I'm not good enough, or I'm not worthy, or this is taking too long, or I'm never going to get what I want, or what if I fail, these are your triggers. This is your mind, that starting point, your mind telling you it doesn't like what is happening and trying to think about what to do about it to avoid experiencing emotional discomfort and you end up experiencing emotional discomfort anyway because your mind went down a rabbit hole. So it is better if we catch it right away, but if you don't, that's okay. You can still have those conversations with you because obviously when I was angry, I had been ignoring it for a while because I wouldn't have been so angry if I had caught it at the state of frustration when I was having those original thoughts, okay? This is what I want you to remember. This is the most important part about this. Just because you are thinking it doesn't mean you have to act on it and it doesn't mean you have to believe it. That's it. Your thoughts are simply just thoughts. They're not reality. They literally only exist in this moment in your mind. And that's why Carl Jung believed it was so important to make the unconscious conscious because if we don't, it'll become our fate right? Which often happens. We think the thought over and over and over and over again. It creates an emotional response. That emotional response becomes a belief system. And now we believe that no matter what we do, we are going to fail. And then all the actions or inactions that we take are based on that belief that why bother? I'm going to fail anyway. And now now it's fate. And we're like, see, I failed just like I thought I would, right? It's such a cycle. It's such a cycle. And when you start to become mindful of it, you can really play with it. You can use it. You can play with it. Yeah, it's going to feel, you know, emotionally uncomfortable. Of course, you're going to feel the feels, but you really do get to play with it. You know, and if thinking a new thought of positivity or love or even like another solution, if that's not where you want to go, which usually isn't in the moment of frustration, Just accept it for what it is, a thought. Own it. Own it by saying to yourself, I'm thinking this right now. I'm feeling this because of those thoughts. I know it's not positive, but that's okay because I'm allowed to feel what I'm feeling. I'm allowed to get pissed off. I'm allowed to have moments of doubt. And then find your safe space where you can express it so it can come up and out so that it doesn't become a pressure cooker in your body. And I don't mean making someone your emotional punching bag. I mean a healthy way that doesn't crush another human being where you can feel and express your emotions and thoughts. That's it. Mine's in the forest. 
Yours might be speaking to somebody else. I don't know. Yours might be another way. Yours might be fully physical, right? I I know that there are people who use like kickboxing or like working out. Like there's this um, workout system. I forget what it's called, but you work out. And as you work out, you're like, you like punch the air and you throw out like an emotion that you're feeling so that like you're actually like physically releasing it from your body and you're saying the words and you're doing a physical reaction. So there's so many things that you can do. Explore that. Find your method, your safe way of getting everything up and out. It's such a um, beautiful way of owning what we're experiencing Instead of resisting it, we're looking it face on, like we're looking it right in the eyes and not allowing it to take over our emotional bodies. So now we're not pressure cookers because once it takes over your emotional body, which means you're feeling it so deeply that you just can't stop it from gaining momentum and now you're heading into the negative vortex and you take you risk taking up permanent residence there. And that's what we're trying to avoid. So just because you were thinking it doesn't mean you have to act on it and it doesn't mean you have to believe it. Give yourself those moments of pause where you can truly give yourself time to contemplate what is really going on. And sometimes it's just a matter of just needing to release the frustration that you have because things aren't going your way. And sometimes it's not because of anything you've done. Sometimes you've done everything correct. It's just not happening in the timing that you want. Or other people are just, you know, being jerks and you can't control other people either, right? So sometimes it is external factors that are affecting you, but... It is our choice to allow that to bring us into a state we don't want to take up permanent residence in, right? So you're allowed to be angry. I was allowed to be angry. Things weren't going my way. I'm allowed to be angry. It was a shitty week. And it was starting to affect my life in ways that were really annoying. But I didn't want to take it out on my husband. I didn't want to take it out on myself. And I didn't want it to affect my belief systems where I thought I was doing something wrong. So just because you're thinking it, it doesn't mean you have to act on it or believe it. Give yourself that time. And the moment you just own that it's a shadow aspect creating those thoughts without shame or without self-judgment or without believing that every thought is truth, or trying to resist it because when we resist persist, you instantly begin to disempower it and you take the power away from your shadow so that it doesn't block out your light. It's really what we're doing. We're just not allowing the shadow to block out our light. It might be there and maybe our shadow needs love. I don't know. Our shadows need love too, right? But we don't want it to block out our light. I think that's actually a really good place to end because um, we're almost an hour in and um, yeah, like my voice, I'm parched. I need water now. I have my two bottles of water here, but um, yeah, let's end there. This is a practice of mindfulness today. 
Simply start at the beginning and take note of your shadow aspects. How does it feel? What thoughts does it bring up? How is it usually triggered? What works to help you come back to your light? What support do you need while you're in the thick of it? Really take note of it all and become fully aware and mindful. And then by doing that, you get to be in the driver's seat of your life, not your shadow. It can tag along, right? But it's not going to enjoy being in the back seat. So it will probably just take a little break and go somewhere else until next time. But then you'll know what to do. And don't forget that if you want and need support, please get it ask for it. It's okay. It's okay if you need more support. It's okay if you need to go deeper into the work. It's okay if you're not okay. It's all okay. Whatever you are feeling and experiencing right now, it is okay. You are where you are for a reason. And I promise you, wherever you are right now, if it's not where you want to be, you can get to that next space, but you might have to learn something new. You might have to turn over another stone. You might have to read another book, listen to another podcast, work with a coach, work with a therapist. I don't know, right? You just might have to say, I need more support on this. I need more guidance. I'm not entirely sure what my next step is going to be or should be. All okay. So, There are resources in the show notes for you, books and workshops and the Gene Keys. I thought that was really important. I wanted to give you a lot of resources. So if you were like, ooh, I'm going down the rabbit hole of doing this shadow work, I've put some of my favorite resources in there for you. If you are wanting to take this work deeper with me, I highly recommend a few of my workshops where we go deep into this. Um, Unleash Your Fear is a wonderful one because it goes pretty deep into the shadow work of fear and not allowing fear to be your decision maker. And there's lots of practices in there that really help with this because remember, it is a practice, right? We're not rushing to the finish line. It's a practice. So I really love to give tons of tools and practices and exercises that you can just take with you wherever you go. So that's in the show notes for you. Unleash Your Limiting Beliefs is a six-hour deep dive. Like, this was my first workshop that I ever created on everything that I had learned up until that moment when I pushed record. Um, Really, really special workshop. So much of my beginning chapters before becoming, you know, being dubbed the contagiously positive girl and how I got through that rock bottom And we do a deep dive on fear and shadow work is inside of that digital workshop as well. And the practices in that workshop really help you to reprogram your mind and create these beautiful, positive, self-loving neurons that the beliefs that are there are supportive, right? Especially anything that you have taken with you from your childhood that isn't mentally and emotionally supportive. And then my favorite digital workshop, simply because it's fun, it's such a fun workshop, is strengthening your inner guidance system, practices to learn how to trust yourself. This was the most fun I had ever creating a workshop because it literally, I, it's not really about doing inner work or taking anything from your shadow self. It's literally about becoming your, strengthening your intuition, That's it. Strengthening your intuition. It's like you are your own psychic. 
if I were to have to put like something to it so that you are constantly making decisions that are correct for you and not following the status quo when you don't follow the status quo and really building up your trust and faith muscles. It is such a fun workshop. So I hope this episode was very supportive for you. Again, such a deep topic, but I hope that in this hour together, you have gotten a few little nuggets that you can just start the process. I'm sending you all so much love. I'm sending you and your shadows so much love because your shadow self needs love too. You can reach out to me anytime. There are tons of resources and links for you now in the show notes because I really wanted you to have whatever support you might need and to start, you know, doing this exploration of doing this shadow work and becoming very mindful of your shadow. And I just want to like a big thank you. Thank you for being here with me for today's solo share. I really appreciate you listening. I appreciate you being here for this conversation and please keep this conversation going have this conversation with your friends take this is what having meaningful conversations is all about I want you to take any nugget that you have from this conversation or any other conversation that you're hearing on a podcast or anything for that matter and take it and start to have that conversation with the people in your life. To me, that's what sisterhood is. That's what actually started sisterhood. I had a ton of questions about life and I actually was a few girlfriends and I, um, we did a what we called weekly sisterhood gathering and that's literally what we did. We would just talk about topics that we had more questions about, that we wanted to explore more. And we started to have really meaningful conversations that just like opened up our minds, opened up our hearts and connected us on levels that um, I can't even imagine because we were talking about all the things that we typically hide from other people or we feel are taboo or we feel are shameful or we feel like I'm, I'm the only one and I'm all alone. No one else has this question. No one else has this concern. But I promise you they do. So keep this conversation going. Um, it's just a beautiful way to open up your heart and mind. Now I'm going to say goodbye. I hope you all have a wonderful day. Sending you so much love and I will see you back here next time. Bye.